0: If you brought your Bible, I hope you did turn with me to Psalms 23. Psalms 23 will be the text that we'll be discussing over the next uh, five more Sundays, I guess. Four more Sundays after today. Six, Six verses, six sermons out of Psalms 23. We'll read the entire text with me. Psalms 23, beginning with the first verse. The Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me... Besides still waters, he restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake, and even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. Verse five, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anointed my head you anoint my head with oil. And my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Father, let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight today. Lord, we ask you to do what you want to do. Do all you want to do in our midst today. God, I pray right now as we discuss through Scripture today and grab a hold of a few truths and some principles today, I pray, Father, that we walk away from this place completely different. I pray, Father, that, that, that your, your spirit will indwell in, in this place in such a way that it radically changes each and every one of us. Father, save that one that needs to be saved. Rekindle the fire, rejuvenate the fire of that one that may be wayward here today. And Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. God's antidote or God's prescription for busyness is the topic today. Now, this was one of those sermons that I did not want to preach. I love to preach. But this one I didn't want to preach because it hit home. It really was kind of preached to me all week long. Because busyness is kind of a thing in my life. It's, it just seems to be I'm, I'm constantly busy about everything. And so for me to discuss busyness and how to deal with it, I had to do some, uh, some, some introspect. I had to look in my own personal life. And so when we look at this text, I, I wrote the message truth. If you're burning the candle at both ends, you're probably not as bright as you think you are. Amen. My wife says that is not a true statement for you, Dan. It's burning the candle at both ends and trying to find a way to light it in the center is what your life is all about. You see that we're not as bright as we think we are if we are trying to light the candle at both ends of our lives. You see, God is more interested, is as much interested in our rest and our recreation as it is in our, in our work time. His desire is for us to live a whole and complete and balanced life. CNN came out with a poll recently, and that that poll said 59% of all Americans would like to slow down and relax more. Now, where they got these people, I don't know. CNN, based in Atlanta, Georgia, who did they... They probably went down to the, to, the, uh, to the delta of Mississippi to found these people. They, people in Atlanta, they don't relax more. They don't slow down anymore. The Harris Poll came out with one. It says we have eight and a half less hours of leisure time than we did a decade ago. We're working more and enjoying less, in essence, is what it says. I saw a recent study, a recent study that most Americans would rather work than plan. They would just rather just do the job rather than plan to do the job or do the job more efficiently. We are considered in North America as workaholics. The study goes on to say that most surveyed stated that they enjoyed employment over enjoyment. They like being employed more than they like having fun. Now, folks, I want you to know we are a stressed out bunch of people, amen? Amen. Now, you say, wait a minute, I'm retired. Even retired people are stressed out. They got more things to do than they should. Amen? We are going to look today in this passage today, hopefully that we can walk away. I did an acrostic of one word, the word relax. We need to relax a prescription for people that those are under Pressure. Now I want to give you a test and I want you to, I want, I want you to raise your hand. I don't want you to answer out loud, but I want you to answer it in your heart. Several questions on this test. Number one, are you always in a hurry? Amen, always in a hurry, in a rush. I have two speeds in my life, stop and go. I mean, and I wanna go, and I wanna go fast. I know that some of you are saying, wow, that is a sin, you need to slow down. I know, I'm working on it, but don't be throwing stones at me, amen, because we're all in a hurry. So are you in a hurry? Second question is this, is your to-do list uh, uh, always unrealistically long? Do you have a to-do list that carries over to the next page, to the next page, to the next page? How many of y'all, go ahead and raise your hand. Let's get honest here in the room, huh? How many of your to-do list is unrealistically long? Do you use days off to catch up on unfinished work? Yeah, we take our day off so we can catch up on unfinished work, right? Has, Has more than one person come up to tell you, you need to just slow down? You need to slow down. My wife tells me that all the time. I say, well, you just need to catch up. And by the way, if I want her to know that I said that about her, I'll tell her myself. You don't have to call her up. (laughs) Do you feel guilty about relaxing? Do you feel guilty about just chilling out? I I do. Sometimes I'll feel guilty like, man, I need to be up doing something. I need to be making something happen. Final question. Do you have to get sick to take a day off? If you are, any of those to the yes, any answer to yes to those, we are way, way, way too busy. Jeff Foxworthy coined a phrase, you might be a redneck if, or you might be a redneck when. You know, the, Jeff Foxworthy, the, the, the famous uh, uh, southern uh, comedian, and, and we in the deep south, we understand that term redneck, amen? Amen. We do understand that term because that's who we really are, Is that we might be a redneck. Well, I want to coin that say you might be a workaholic when all of your Christmas cards that you receive every year come from business associates. You might be a workaholic. You might be a workaholic if you head out to a back-to-school night for your kids and you don't remember which school they attend. You might be a workaholic. You might be a workaholic when you never turn your cell phone. I know that right now. The only time I turn my cell phone off is when I need to reboot it every week to freshen up the apps on there. That's the only time I ever turn my cell phone off. I'm a redneck. I mean, a workaholic. Excuse me. Yes, I am a redneck. You might be a redneck when your family refers to you as quote-unquote occupant right? You might be a workaholic, right? You might be a workaholic and when you unwind after work by watching the late, 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 late show on television, right? You might be a workaholic If business, if you take business-related materials to the bathroom. You might be a workaholic if that's some of the things that you do. You see, honestly, that is not the kind of life that God wants us to live. That is not the kind of life he wants us to live. Notice what Psalms 27 verse 2 said. It is senseless for you to work so hard from early in the morning until late at night. God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. Sometimes the most spiritual thing that you and I can do is to go home and go to bed. Amen. Sometimes, and I know some of you say, man, hallelujah, I'm out of here. I don't want to hear the rest of this message. I'm going to bed right? Don't leave for till the end, okay? Just don't get up and leave right now. But some of us need to just say no. Folks, let me tell you something. No, N-O is not an ugly word. Some of us need to say no to some things. By the way, on the other hand, some of us need to say yes to some things, amen? We'll get into that in just a moment. Many people think if they give their life to Christ that he's going to add a bunch of things on top of them. Psalms 23, 2 says, he makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me besides quiet waters. If you were a sheep, you would totally understand. You would totally get. That verse of scripture, you would understand that that is a perfect picture of paradise. He is referring to rest and refreshment. God is more interested in our rest and our recreation than he is in our work. You say, wait a minute, what are you talking about? He wants us to be replenished and refreshed so that we can work more more efficiently and properly. He wants us to live a whole and balanced and complete life. He wants us to not be working all the time. If you give your life to Christ, he is not going to add things onto you, to you as much as he's going to take some things away from you. That's what he's going to do. He's going to take those things that are unnecessary in your life and put those things that have value that will help the kingdom grow. Side note here for you church workers. If every one of us that are members of this church would do their part, the rest of us wouldn't be so tired. Amen. It is still holding true that 80% of the work that's done in church is done by 20% of the people. We also know that that same statistic holds true that 80% of the dollars given to the budget of the New Testament church are given by 20% of the people. If everybody did their part, we wouldn't be stressed out all the time, amen? This message will not be very long today. So I want you to lock in because I want you to go home and get some rest. The prescription for pressured packed people, number one. The word R, the letter R, is that we need to realize my worth. The reason that most people are overworked is because we confuse work with worth. We are worth a lot. We are worth a lot. Now you say, wait a minute, some of us are worth nothing. I don't have any income. No, we as people are worth a lot. God decided, James chapter one, verse 18, God decided to give us life through the word of truth so that we might be the most important of all things he made. There is nothing ever, nothing that we can ever do to make God love us more than he already does. Therefore, on the other side of that, there is nothing we can do to make God love us any less either. If we can't do anything to make him love us more, we can't do anything to make him love us less. God demonstrated his love towards us while we were yet sinners. He sent his own begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die on our behalf. That is the beautiful portrait of love. He loves us that much. He loves His love is not based on our performance. It is unconditional. It is based on who he is. Listen to what Matthew chapter 6, verse 26 says Your heavenly Father feeds the sparrows, and you are far more valuable to him than they are. If he feeds the sparrows, he, we are much more valuable to him than the sparrows are. He can never forget how much he loves us. When we get to heaven, he is going to show us those engraved, nail pierced hands how much he loved us. So we need to realize our. Worth. God says, I have engraved, on, engraved you in the palms of my hands, Isaiah chapter 49. So we need to realize our worth. We need to, secondly, enjoy what I already have. Enjoy what I already have. Now, I love what Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 13 says. All of us should enjoy what we have worked for. It is God's gift. The desire to acquire seems to be what happens in North American lifestyle. We want more. We buy things that we can't afford with money that we don't have to impress people that we don't even like. Amen. And we have so many people in debt today to society when they need to be free of that debt. Amen? One of the things that Deb and I have done over our years is try to carve away having less debt, no debt, and only the debt that that has value to it like a home. And so we're doing everything in our power to, to keep debt down and, and not acquire any additional debt that we don't have to have and if we do then we got a game plan to get out of it as fast as possible our son's getting married on october the 22nd of this year and he and his sweet little girl they have decided they're paying for the wedding themselves hallelujah amen we're thrilled to death for that Can I get an amen to that? So they're paying for it themselves. And guess what they decided to do? They said, we are going to have a very small wedding. I said, hallelujah, amen, great. Very small wedding because we're paying for it. We're gonna have a small wedding. I said, great. I said, what if I was paying for it? She said, we'd have a big wedding. No, she didn't say that. And she said, no, we wanna keep it because we do not wanna go into our marriage in debt. Don't want to go into our marriage in debt. You know, folks, let me tell you something. I, I, I appreciate that. I do appreciate that. Now, they've asked me to conduct the wedding. They've asked me to officiate the wedding. They've not gotten my contract yet. How much it's going to cost for my services that day? Amen? No, it's going to cost them anything. Well, maybe a little bit. We need to enjoy what we already have. Ecclesiastes chapter six, chapter four, verse six, it's better to have only a little with the peace of mind than to be busy all the time. Our board chairman of our ministry, our board of directors uh, chairman is an attorney. He's been our board chairman for about 20 years now. He's just an amazing guy. He's an attorney down in Silicon, Alabama. He's just a great guy, loves God with all his heart, leads our teams to Honduras and to stuff. He's just a great, great guy and I love it he sent me a note the other day he said hey I did a I did an opening for a will for one of my uh, my clients passed away and I was the executor of the will of the estate and so we had the family in the office and, and we opened it up and he said I had a sneaking feeling it was going to go something like this but I didn't quite understand because you know I knew that it was going to happen so he said but I'm not going to tell you who it is because you'll know who it is but he said I want you to read his last will and testament maybe you can use this in a sermon and I thought it was so appropriate it said I I'll call his name John Jones of sound mind leave you nothing because I spent it all you say some people say it's a shame to die penniless I promise you I'm gonna die penniless amen because I'm gonna spend it I told Seth don't expect anything we don't have anything anyway we're not leaving you anything He said, well, that's rude. I said, yep, it sure is, but it's my money, amen? You see, we need to enjoy what we already have and quit stressing about the things that we don't have. If you don't have them, you probably don't need them, amen? And so we're so pressured into getting more, gaining more, having more, being more, doing more. Relax, realize your worth enjoy what you already have limit your labor that's three so limit your labor Achilles chapter 10 verse 15 says only someone too I hate the word stupid but it's the word it's not mine it's God's word he said only one someone too stupid to find his way home would wear himself out with work Folks, let me tell you something. We need to limit our labor. Work efficiently, but limit our labor. There are two groups of people that need to limit their labor. Those who are self-employed and those who are single parents. Single parents gather in here close, especially single moms. You need to figure out a way. I don't know, it's, oh, it's so difficult because you've got kids, you're raising kids, and you're trying to take care of everything, but you need to figure out a way to have that me time. You need to have that me time. And we as the church, we need to come alongside you and take some of those mundaneness things off of your life. And those that are self-employed, it's a constant stress, constant battle. I run a non-profit organization half for thirty-two years. A non-profit organization means we have no profit at the end of the year. Non-profit means no profit at the end of the year, and so I have this stress factor of taking care of all the things that go on inside our ministry. I love every aspect of it, but we have to learn how to manage our time, limit our labor sabbath the word sabbath actually means a day of rest church workers we are stressing ourselves out amen we're doing more meetings and more things and more events and get less accomplished folks we need to limit our labor the sabbath was made to benefit man Rest your body, recharge your emotions, and refocus your spirit. Rest. Burnout does no one any good. I'm not going to burn out. I'm just going to blow up. I won't rust out. I won't burn out. I'm just going to one day go, poof. Well, he's gone. Praise God. Next. Right? So we need to rest our bodies. We need to recharge. What is it that brings you to recharge your battery? Is it recreation? Is it something like that? Is it fellowship with friends? I personally like to go to the driving range and hit some golf balls. And every one of those golf balls has some deacon that's crossed me across the way. When I hit that thing, yes, sir, there he is. Bam. Right? Not really, just a few. You see, you've got to find that recreation. You've got to find that thing that recharges your battery. Is it reading a good book? Is it watching a movie? Is it going to dinner with your wife? It, whatever it is, you've got to find those things that recharge your battery. We need to rest our bodies, recharge our emotions, and we need to refocus our spirit. Our spirit needs recharging and refocusing. I want to give you a word. Worship is setting our mind's attention and our heart's affection on God. Worship is setting our mind's attention, our heart's affection on God. When we worship him in spirit and truth, we set our mind's attention and our heart's affection on God. Folks, let me tell you something. You want to refocus your spirit. You need to limit your labor so that you can refocus your spirit, so you can recharge your emotions and rest your body. Not only do we need to, we need to re- realize our worth and enjoy what we already have and limit our labor, but we need to adjust our values or trust my values. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 4 says, I've learned why people work so hard to succeed. It's because they envy the things that their neighbors have. Now, don't, don't, don't raise your hand because I don't want you to get real honest in this room today, but all of us in this room have coveted something that someone else had. Every one of us. We all have. We've all coveted something. That's okay. Just confess it and move on. But we need to adjust our values. It is in in order to reduce busyness in our own personal life, we must change our thinking about what is important. Getting more is never the answer. It's okay to say no. Balance is the key to healthy living. Uh, Mark chapter 8, verse 36 says, What good is it for a man to gain the whole world? For him to forfeit his own soul. Folks, let me tell you says adjust your values and finally, and I am done. I told you it was a short message. Exchange my pressure for God's presence. Exchange the pressures that I have for God's presence presence. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and and 29 says, Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are tired and are heavy loads, and I will give you rest. The load I give you to carry is light. The best way to recharge our lives has always been to focus our spirit on the things of God and the things that God can do for us. We must learn how to to exchange the pressure for God's perfect peace in our lives. I debated whether I was going to read this to you because it was handed to me by a friend of mine who I think is one of the most godly laymen that I've ever met. He knew that I was in the psalm series, so he emailed me this paraphrase, of psalms 23 now i want you bible scholars out there to gather in here close and understand i am not watering down the word of god this is a different fresh approach just a paraphrase i would never ever ever preach a paraphrased text but i want you to listen to the language of psalms 23 from a paraphrased perspective the lord is pace setter i shall not rush He makes me stop and rest in intervals. He provides me with images of stillness to restore my serenity. He leads me in the way of efficiency. The calmness of mind and the guidance is peace. Even though I have a great many things to accomplish this day, I will fret, I will not fret for his presence is here, his timelessness. His all-importance will keep me in balance. He prepares refreshments and renewal in the midst of my activity, anointing my head with the oils of tranquility. My cup joyously, energetically overflows. Surely harmony and effectiveness shall be the fruits of my hours, for I shall walk in pace of the Lord and dwell in his heaven forever. Folks, let me tell you something. When I read that, that's exactly what he's asking us to do. He restores our soul. Last week when I began our sermon series, I told you there was about 105 to 115 words in Psalms 23, and every one of them point back to the first two, the Lord. He restores our soul he guides us in the path of righteousness for his name's sake and when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death we fear no evil because he can restore and grant us grant us rest but we must rest our bodies recharge our emotions and refocus our spirit the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He restores my soul.